You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AMs, The Morning Buzz with Mankiran Audula. And we're talking about how recently the federal government will impose an immediate cap on the number of international study visas over the next two years. Ottawa says it will approve approximately 360,000 undergraduate study permits for 2024, a 35% reduction from 2023. What it all means, we are speaking to Nira Agnihotri, immigration consultant and one of the co-founders of One Voice Canada. Nira, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. What's your reaction to this news from the federal government? My reaction to the news is not surprising because all the events in the past few years is leading up to some change, some drastic change that was required in immigration. And when we talk about the international student program, I noticed it's one of those programs where it has been undergoing a lot of scrutiny over the past few years. What is that exactly? I think the checks and balances are out of place. We are, colleges are issuing the LOAs, agents are making the commissions, giving wrong information to the students. The students are applying for their study permit, getting approved by Immigration Canada, which is federal. So we have an agent involved, we have a student involved, we have province, we have federal involved. All of that is happening, but once the student gets here, wrong information, whatever they may have used this for, whether it's studies, whether it's a loophole, come here and the expectation that they expected and what they were told is not true, which then led to everything. They have mental stresses. They're not able to financially afford studies. Their expectations of going to an international college, they come in, it's a one-room show. There's no proper instruction. Everything has bombarded. It's it's been a domino effect, and it's just been negative. It's just been so overwhelming for the public. It's been overwhelming for local Canadians. It's been overwhelming for the international students and the government at this point in time. I will want to talk about Immigration Minister Mark Miller just regarding these fake schools. He said there are in provinces the diploma equivalent of puppy mills that are just churning out diplomas. This is not a legitimate student experience. That's a little bit of what he said. So do you think by the federal government now getting involved, can they really push the province to really crack down on these schools? They're going to have to. I'm sorry. Like it's I know that the federal government's job in this is to issue the study permit at the end, once the documents, the LOAs, financials, it's all there. So the federal government has said, hey, listen, our job is the end job. We look at all the documents that are submitted. We will issue or refuse a visa. It is up to the province and it's up to the college then to do the checks and balances. So when they say DLI, well, everybody's a DLI. Everyone is a DLI. So for the province not coming in to check these pop-up shops, which have been popping up not just from today, for several, several years, not taking onus upon what is their, it is their responsibility when they're issuing, you know, approval or they're sending, letting federal government know this is legitimate. So what he said is 100% correct. And it, they should have come in a little bit sooner. But again, they trusted everybody underneath to do their job as well. So I feel in this, the province did not do their job well. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the cities and provinces failed because these complaints are not, they, they're not recent. Why is it that there's a college gets several complaints from students that, hey, I'm not getting the classes that I registered for. Hey, I've come into Canada and I've gone to the school and they're saying I'm not registered. But when these complaints are being made public, why has it taken so long for these um, interventions to happen? Why didn't the provinces have a red flag say, oh, I need to go conduct a search or a check on this school? Like, honestly, these schools are more than my office space. This is a college. When a student is coming and that our kids 
or going to a post-secondary institution, whether it's local, whether it's outside, our perception of school is a huge university, a UBC, SSU, Qualin, where, you know, you gain that experience. So it is a life experience that they've been robbed of as well. So yes, like the government, federally, provincially, and locally, need to step up their game. And, you know, I think, Nira, another conversation that I'm kind of seeing, you know, ever since this news has emerged, is there are a lot of concerns that sort of the government is kind of putting the housing issue on the international students. Uh, What do you make of that conversation that's going on there? Uh, See, I agree, and I don't agree. I do agree. So remember back three years ago, you could rent a basement suite for about $700, one bedroom. Well, that same basement suite is going for 1700 to 2100 because the supply and demand. The demand is there, the supply is no longer there. So, of course, the manufacturer is saying, hey, this is a cash cow I can grab. I can right, rent it out to this one person, and they are going to have to pay more than what we're even paying for mortgages at this point in time for this residence. Like, at the end of the day, infrastructure matters. Hospitals, mental health, housing, those are basic needs of an individual. But those are not being met because so many have come in and we've not prepared. We are not prepared or have prepared for those numbers. So, yes, housing, it is, again, it's a domino's effect. If you have 100 apartments that can house, let's say, 400 people, but you have 1,400 or you have 4,000 coming in, what are you going to do? So at the end of the day, again, that is again up to the city, it is up to the province, and it's up to the federal government to say, hey, we've we've not added more houses. We don't have more houses. Our medical facility is not even able to take care of us Canadians. And of course, when students come in, when temporary foreign workers come in, when visitors come in, when undocumented people come in, you can get sick. You can have an accident, you can have a heart attack, you can take a fall, you can take the stresses of this life and have a mental breakdown. What are those resources and why were those resources not put into place prior to allowing everybody to come in? Hmm. If we can't take care of the pool we have here, honestly, I'm waiting two weeks to get in to see my doctor, born Canadian, raised Canadian. I don't have that facility. How are we offering it or extending those facilities that are not even available to us to foreigners? We were not prepared for these numbers. Yes, it um, gave into our economy. It funded these colleges. It brought in some labor force. But if we're wanting the positives of it, we want to take advantage of it, we have to make sure that we have a balance in where we can house them, we can keep them, we can take care of them as well, which Canada is failing at the moment on every level. And I think one of the things that I think is really sad about this whole situation, too, is for so many years, because of it being so unaffordable uh, in the city, in many cities across Canada, really, so many international students have been exploited over the years. And do you think now with this uh, policy coming in now, will it end the exploitation of international students? Absolutely not. The exploitation is not going to start at a whole different level. So if they're here, now we've taken away the PGWP. He said, hey, unless you're doing a master's or a PhD, you're not eligible for a postgraduate work permit, which was free. $255 government fees, NIRA's fees, $500. In less than $1,000, this um, student was able to apply for a postgraduate work permit, was avail, um, given the opportunity to gain international experience from anywhere from eight months to three years for free. But now we've now hashed upon the LMIA market. These students are not going to want to go home. 
because a lot of the students that have come in in the past few years use the study permit as a loophole to come in to gain permit residency. Now they've been, they're going to be left with no choice but to purchase that LMIA from an employer. And that employer today is selling it for, let's say, 40000 Well, guess what? Supply and demand. The demand is going up. Supply may or may not be there, but the, they have no choice. So that $40,000 is going to turn into $80,000. So we're combating one issue, but we're fielding a whole separate issue, which I don't know if they thought it through by taking away the PPWP. Exploitation is not ending on any level, unfortunately. Now, that's kind of the sad part about this story. And of course, in your experience, you've been doing this work for so long, especially working with one voice. You know, what are potential solutions here? What can the next steps be? The next steps is so this, putting this cap in, actually doing the work that is needed provincially, locally, and federally in the issuance of study permits. Now, we keep in mind, when a person applies for a study permit, there is no intention of becoming a permit resident. We send our kids to Australia. We send our kids to Europe to study. They come back. They've done their studies. They've gained their degrees, diploma, certificates, and 90% of them come back. They have no intention of working there because upon application, we show that we have enough funds to support studies, to support living costs, to support basic needs, and plus entertainment. So upon the application, we said, hey, my child's going for three years, two years, four years. And look, I have funds put aside to take care of this child or this person. It may not be a child. It could be an adult. To study there, live there comfortably. And then once they've obtained what they needed, they can come home. So at the end of the day, what is going to happen is most of them have come in to gain PR. They're not going to be able to work. They're not going to be able to gain that international experience. But that's already happened, and the government is very well aware of the dual intention of these study permits. Yes, upon application, we say, hey, statement of purpose, what purpose does that even serve? You put it into chat GBT, and it comes back as, hey, this is why I'm going to go gain these studies. And they read that, and they say, okay, but we already know the intention is to work and become PR. What are we combating here? When So what's going to happen now is when all these public colleges that are recognized will be taking admissions, issuing the LOAs. The province has to give an attestation letter that, hey, this college is genuine. It will provide the students with the studies they require. It's met. It's met our requirements. All these post-secondary institutes that are private will not be able to issue LOAs, even if they issue the LOA. Now it's up to the government whether or not to issue that attestation letter or whether or not to issue that study permit. So it's going to wean out those students that are trying to facilitate Canada as uh, facilitate Canada study permits or their international students' laws to come here to gain PR. So most probably it'll be the student that is wanting to study internationally to gain whatever experience. So I know already that the deter has happened, especially in India. So one third of our students coming in are from India. One third of them are saying, hey, well, this country's not going to work because I'm not getting a work permit. I'm not going to gain that international experience. There's no housing. There's no medical care. Cost of living is insane. I'm going to choose another country. So that will hopefully, and it is already deterring those students that don't have a genuine intent to study at this moment in time. Nira, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate your insight. You take care. You take care, too. Thank you so much.
We just spoke to Nira Agnihotri, immigration consultant and co-founder of One Voice Canada. Recently, the federal government imposed an immediate cap on the number of international study visas over the next two years. Ottawa says it will approve approximately 360,000 undergraduate study permits for 2024, a 35% reduction from 2023. This is the Morning Buzz on Spice Radio.